I don't know how to count. We in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chris and Kyle Show. My Peace. chapstick tastes like coconut. My chapstick that I let you take that I didn't want because it tastes like coconut. <laughs> He's Chris. I'm Kyle. And he has chapstick that tastes like coconut. I like it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad I could give you something you liked. I was never really being into coconut. Okay. Coconut. Okay. This episode has nothing to do with coconuts. This episode has everything to do with Spider-Man 3 actually being a good movie. This is spoilers of Spider-Man 3. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's dive into some of this. Spider-Man 3 came out in 2007. It is the third film of three of the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man trilogy. Directed by Sam Raimi, also written by Sam Raimi. You may know Sam Raimi from directing the Evil Dead films 1 and 2, Spider-Man 1 through 3. He wrote Army of Darkness and Darkman. Darkman, the Alec Baldwin movie? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, his brother also co-wrote this with him. Also wrote Army of Darkness and Darkman. He, drew, he wrote Drag Me to Hell. And they had a third writer named Alvin Sargent. Who, weirdly, so he wrote uh, Ordinary People, Paper Moon. He wrote Spider-Man 2. He also wrote The Amazing Spider-Man, which I think is strange that he was on both two separate um, reboots of the franchise. It's kind of weird. Um, And I also find interesting that three different writers wrote all three Spider-Man films of the original trilogy. Sam Raimi only wrote this one. The first two he only directed. It's kind of interesting. Um, synopsis for you. A strange black entity from another world bonds with Peter Parker and causes inner turmoil as he contends with new villains, temptations, and revenge. And jazz. And (laughs) (laughs) Peter Parker and causes inner turmoil as he contends with Jazz. Yeah, yeah. It says it right there. It's a, I, I skipped it. My bad. Yeah. Yes. Actors. The wonderful Tobey Maguire as yep. Peter Parker in Spider-Man. If you don't know Peter Parker as... Or Peter Parker. If you don't know Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, you might know him from the movie Brothers, which we both really like. Um, the Great Gatsby. Uh, Wonder Boys. Pleasantville. He's been in lots of stuff. Wonder Boys? Yeah. When he was younger. What is Wonder Boys? I don't know, but the picture makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. Not wanna, like the dude on, in the, on the poster of the film is like, okay. and I'm like, that movie's called Wonder Boys and he's making that face? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, we've got Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. Mm-hmm. You may know her from Melancholia, Interview with the Vampire, the TV version of Fargo, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and countless other roles. She has a ton of credits to her name. That boy, James Franco, as Harry Osborne slash the new Green Goblin. One-time Oscar nominee, James Franco, for 127 hours. Uh, he was also in The Disaster Artist, uh, Pineapple Express, Freaks and Geeks, and a bazillion other movies. Everybody knows who James Franco is. Um, Thomas Hayden Church as Flint Marco, a.k.a. Sandman. Did you know Thomas Hayden Church was nominated for an Oscar? Sideways. Yes, Sideways. He was also in Tombstone. He was also in Easy A. And again, lots of other credits. Uh, Topher Grace. Topher Grace. (laughs) As Eddie Brock, a.k.a. Venom. 
most known for that '70s show. Mm-hmm. He was also in something called In Good Company. He was in the film American Ultra. He was in Interstellar. He was in American Ultra. Hell yeah, dude! He's like the villain in American Ultra. I've never seen it. I know you haven't seen it. Uh, Interstellar. He was in. Don't forget. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy. You know her probably from Jurassic World. Be the one. Wait, thing hold she's on. Topher Grace was in Interstellar. Yeah. What part? Wasn't he one of the scientists? Maybe I don't remember. He had like a small role. What the fuck was <laughs> in Interstellar? I remember t- uh, Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I I haven't seen Interstellar, and it's been too long since I've seen. It. I don't right. remember what Topher Grace did. Anyways, keep going. Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen Stacy. Probably known her from Jurassic World or from being Ron Howard's daughter. Be weird if that's how you knew her, though. Like, if you saw her and you were just like, that's Ron Howard's daughter, without having any other knowledge of her, that'd oh, be okay. creepy. Yeah, yeah, that'd be weird. Um, she was in The Help. She was in Gold. She was in 50-50. She was in the Twilight films. Yeah. What, what the fuck? Dude, I'm... I'm, I'm you still, still thinking about Topher Grace? I'm still thrown by Topher Grace, but also Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard was in Twilight? Yeah, her name was Victoria. You would know Damn. who Victoria is more than I would. You've, I just you've I, yeah, read I the books. I can't visualize it. Okay. Well, don't forget that. Like, also Anna Kendrick's in those movies. I, but I remember Anna Kendrick. Okay. Um, a couple more I threw on here. Rosemary Harris as Aunt May. Did you know that she was nominated for an Oscar? For what? She was nominated for a film called Tom and Viv. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Do you know who else was in that movie? Should I just guess? as Tom? Um, Wilmer Valderrama, Willem Dafoe. I, st- I, I thought you were gonna. Right. I thought you were gonna get it right for a second. Yeah, the the Spider Man connection goes all the way back to Tom and Viv, when Rosemary Harris was nominated for an Oscar and co-starred along with Norman Osborn, actor. Okay, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, pretty cool. She was also in Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, and she has like a bazillion uh, credits to her name, and had to include him. J.K. Simmons, the greatest J. Jonah Jameson that will ever live. Mm-hmm. One time Oscar winner for Whiplash was also in Juno. I wanted to throw in The Legend of Korra because this dude has a very good voice acting career on top of his regular acting career. Right. He was in the TV show Oz way back in the day. That's kind of how he you know, first got kind of big. And I think it would be remiss if we didn't also say that Elizabeth Banks is in this movie just randomly. Yeah. As Betty, Betty Brant. So let's talk about Spider-Man 3. Okay, so how so collectively, how many minutes of this movie are bad? Maybe should be taken out, maybe rewritten, redone. Maybe twenty. I would say max twenty. I would say like ten to fifteen. Yeah, there's maybe ten to fifteen minutes of this movie that is not just bad, but it's like comically horrible. It's horrible, and and like not just like terribly done, but just like so bizarre. Yep. And weird that it brings down the entire movie. You don't really understand the motivation of it. You don't really understand the execution of it. Just like everything about it is bad. And we're now 11 years separated from its release. And the the one thing that you remember from Spider-Man 3 is those 10 to 15 minutes. The fucking, the stupid... Uh, Peter thinking that he's... Emo Peter. Yeah, emo Peter thinking that he's cool and going to jazz clubs and the... Fucking dancing and the pointing at the women. Now and dig this. Now dig this. <laughs> what is it? Now dig on this. Yeah, that's, oh yeah. Oh my god. Um, 
the rest of this movie is so yeah, good. So that being said, the cultural zeitgeist of this film is that it's horrible. Mm-hmm. The way people remember Spider-Man Three is that it's really bad. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's you know it's one of the jokes of uh, pop culture movies. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Three is bad. We were literally watching through this movie, and like scene after scene, I would say there has not been a bad scene in this movie yet. Right. There has not been a bad scene, and until you get to the first the first time, time Topher that- Grace graces your screen, he goes like this and then looks in the mirror. Oh, you're talking about Tobey Maguire with his hair? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I would I would say that like when Tover Gray shows up, it start is kind of the first time it's bad. You're just he's just not. You know what though? The first scene with him isn't horrible when he shows up with the camera and he's and he's like, oh, and I'm dating your daughter by the he's way. He's just a one note character. He's just I yeah. I, I mean, he I, gets worse as the movie goes on. They it's it's like they don't. There was no depth to the character of Eddie Brock. Y- yeah. He was there as almost as a joke. Yeah, and. He's not even a foil to Peter in any way. He's just there for Peter to be a foil to him and then to be Venom at the end. It's almost like the writers of this movie were like, oh man, we really want to do the Venom storyline where Peter gets affected by the symbiote. Right. So Peter acts differently. That would be really cool. And then people were like, well, you know, if you have the symbiote, you have to have Venom and Eddie Brock in the movie. And then the writers were like, well, that's not the story we want to tell because it's clearly not. The story they want to tell is about Flint Marco and about Peter's relationship with the people he loves and about Mm -hmm. mostly, I would say, him and Harry. Yeah, and and like if you took out the entire Venom symbiote storyline, then this movie would be revered as much as the the first and second one. You would have a smaller climax. Mm -hmm. The climactic scene would be different. Mm Mm-hmm. But you would have a much better film. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that being said, taking Eddie Brock out of the movie does not take away the emo Peter, though. That still exists. Well, taking out the symbiote does. Oh take well, out em- no, but em- I think Peter. I think at the core, the symbiote was the story they wanted to tell. I think they wanted to tell a story of Peter getting corrupted by the symbiote. They just executed it really badly. Okay, so you think that. The the whole Venom storyline was like just sort of a shoehorned in because they were because using they the wanted symbiote. to do the symbiote. The symbiote was the tool that they wanted to use to put Peter through the events of the story they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of it's like they came to the realization that if we have the symbiote, we have to have Eddie Brock in the movie. Do you think that they could have remade Spider Man th- or or re- do you think that they could have made a version of Spider Man three that had him being infected by the symbiote? Mm-hmm. And left out Eddie Brock's character. Hell yes. I said this after we watched it. I think that they could have done an MCU-style um, teaser at the end of the film. Right. If, if the symbiote had affected Peter throughout the movie, and then he overcame the symbiote. Yeah. Now, one, we wouldn't have had the, the, the really cool scene. The, the bell tower scene would have been a little different because Eddie Brock wouldn't have been down there. Right. Or they could have just made just had Eddie Brock down there, and then we don't see Eddie Brock anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Have an actor that's playing Eddie Brock, and you plan to use him in the next movie. Or you you have that that tower scene that bell tower scene mm-hmm. where he's uh, ripping off the symbiote mm-hmm. and not have Eddie Brock there yeah but he tears off the symbiote and then we see Eddie Brock later yeah um, later on you see Eddie Brock with the symbiote mm-hmm. and I think that could have been a very cool just a a, a stinger mm-hmm. like in the next Spider Man movie Venom's mm-hmm. gonna show up mm-hmm. and you and you wouldn't have had to do it in a strange unlikable way but it, and it's also like that's a cool. Um, 
that's a cool way to like sort of symbolize um, Pete's own corruption, like moral mm-hmm. corruption that he's dealing with, mm-hmm. with uh, finding out about Flint Marco and him killing his uncle and everything. Yeah. Like that would have been a, just a really cool parallel. Yeah. You know, that he's literally being infected by this, this creature of uh, this the jealous revenge mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that he wants to, um, he, he wants to kill Flint Marco. The one thing yeah. that, and like, Peter, he kind of has this two pronged, thing yeah. that's kind of dragging him through the movie and it's he finds out that the police think Flint Mar- or the police know that Flint Marco killed his uncle and he f- and Harry's uh manipulation of him through Mary Jane so he's also going through a lot of heartbreak because Mary Jane breaks up with him at the demands of Harry which uh like if you're like if you don't do this I'm gonna kill Peter if I was Mary Jane I'd be like Peter can fucking handle himself at least a little, like I don't know. That's a. I mean, if I, anyone, I feel like it's a ridiculous assumption. If anyone can handle themselves, I think it's 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 perfectly logical to assume that Mary Jane would would play along in that case. I, I just feel like I, it'd be more I, efficient to threaten her. I don't know. Maybe she cares if she cares about Peter more than herself, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I, like just thinking about that, I was like, Peter could beat him. Like, you don't have to do this. I mean, you don't know. I mean, this is the the first time that she's encountered. No, I understand. I'm saying as an audience member, I'm like, you don't need to do that. <laughs> but I get why she, yeah, I get why she succumbs to his demands. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the idea of this movie, the skeleton of this movie is great. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's just from like, what is it? Maybe halfway through the second act, but I mean, we kick, seventy-five to eighty-five percent of this movie is actually yeah, good. Yeah, it's actually it, really good. All the way up to execution, like through the execution, it's mm-hmm. really good. Um, it's literally just it's ten to fifteen minutes that yeah. are it just falls apart. Not just garbage, but bizarre garbage. Mm-hmm. And like even those scenes, there's the skeleton of so the jazz club scene that we were joking about. Mm-hmm. Peter brings Gwen Stacy to this jazz club where Mary Jane now works as a waitress and a singer. And when they see Mary Jane, Gwen is like, oh, if you want to leave, that's fine. And Peter's like, no. And then he proceeds to do this weird dance number and play the piano and now dig on this line. And it's just weird. The skeleton of that scene, because the way that scene starts is they sit into the club and they look up and they see Mary Jane and she's about to start singing a blues song. There's a, there's a version of that scene that exists where Mary Jane is singing a really sad song Mm -hmm. And Peter is kind of like brooding and upset, mm-hmm. but like also trying to, uh, like be you know be on a date. Yeah. Where this scene is amazing, and Mary Jane is clearly distraught because she sees Peter. Like, yeah. there's a version of that scene that is so good. Yeah. It involves zero dancing. <laughs> it involves zero Peter playing piano. Why is Peter good at piano? Yeah. Why is why is Venom good at piano? Why is the symbiote able to make Peter good at piano? Uh. Maybe the symbiote on some other planet encountered <laughs> a really good jazz pianist. So it took that into it. See, what most most people think that jazz derived in America. Nah. See, it was actually no. Nah, it's from a distant galaxy. On, uh, yeah, a distant galaxy. Yeah, the symbiote planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the the there's part, like. Do you know anything about the symbiote as far as where it actually comes from? No, it's literally from a planet where there's a bunch of symbiotes. It's just a symbiote planet. Yeah, there's a much maligned Spider-Man storyline where maligned. Yeah, people what does hate that it. Mean? People hate it. Oh, okay. Like the opposite of beloved. Okay. 
uh, we're like a, like a comet full of symbiotes is coming to Earth. It's weird. It's it's not good. That's also why Venom has like offspring and like Carnage exists and Scream and all these other symbiote characters. They're all from that they're planet. just different versions of a symbiote. No, it's like it's it's like its own. The symbiote is its own like race. It has a name. I don't remember what it is, but it, it's literally an alien. But it's still like different. Like is is Carnage different from Venom? Okay, so like Venom is its own symbiote. It's like mm-hmm. its own person, its own yeah, character. Yeah, it's its own and character. And then Carnage is it's like they're they're of the same Carnage like, they're is, both they're both humans, but they're different characters. Yeah, Carnage is like his offspring, I think. Okay. I think is what it is. But the you know, it's like a starfish. It's like asexual, like breaks off of pieces of itself or something okay. like that. I might I, I might be getting it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um yeah. Well, let's talk about the good stuff in this movie. Because there's a lot. I, I don't want to focus on the bad stuff because we want to talk about how this movie is actually and, yeah, good. And all people do is focus on the yeah, bad stuff. Yeah, it's focus on the bad stuff. Everybody Spider-Man knows 3. the bad stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that... I think this applies to the whole trilogy. I think the, the characters stand out maybe more than anything. Um, the plots aren't necessarily super intricate or great or anything. It's you know pretty basic plot-wise. Uh, but the characters just really sing. And the and the portrayal of them. Mm-hmm. James Franco is at his squintiest. <laughs> but he's great. Um yeah, I would say all of, yeah, all of the Flint Marco stuff and all of the Harry Osborne stuff. Mm-hmm. I I mean, so when I first saw this movie, I didn't I thought that Mary Jane was being illogical a lot. I was just like, there was a lot of times when you were like, younger. Why? Yeah. When I yeah. was younger, I was just like, why is she acting this way? You know, that's stupid. It's the, and it, now that it, I'm older, I'm like, that it has the, it has the, um, the trappings of the naggy girlfriend trope yeah. that you see in superheroes. I feel stuff. like it's more than that. No, I agree with you yeah. after seeing it again. Yeah. There's times where it, it's, I, I, I said this to you, like, it's just sometimes I get so frustrated when I see a scene in a movie or a TV show and all it would take is for someone to shut up for 10 seconds mm-hmm. and every problem would be solved. Right. That's Peter in this movie. It's so frustrating. Right. If he would just shut his mouth and let Mary Jane tell him why she's upset, there would be so many less problems in his life. But he's just, and it's, it's, it's not that he's an asshole. He's just really excited, right? And, and he's trying to be supportive without realizing what's wrong with her. And I think it's all, I think it's really, really well done. Well, yeah, I think, so there's like a, a problem with overly optimistic people. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, they have an issue of, uh, of relating to people that are actually going through something bad. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what Peter's doing. He's being so overly positive and he's trying to like, he's planning on proposing mm-hmm. to Mary Jane. And when you're doing that, you're con- like, he's constantly like, trying to plan and yep. you know waiting for his opportunity for He's this got window the, that great to, scene with the french dude that's yeah. so good <laughs> yeah with with bruce campbell yeah yeah um mm. <laughs> um and he's he's literally trying to craft this window of opportunity mm-hmm. where you know mary jane is really happy and you know he 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 has his he fairy thinks tale he has moment. the perfect moment yeah. yeah he has his fairy tale moment but he's just not he's paying completely oblivious to, yeah oblivious to the situation at yeah. hand and he's crafting his own narrative in his head. Yeah. Um, which, like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of ironic. Because Spider-Man 
And he had like zero Spidey sense. Oh. <laughs> Yo, his, his Spidey sense has nothing to do with other people's emotions. See, like Mary he, Jane. He's like, I'm sensing an emotional bullet. <laughs> See, uh, Mary Jane, anytime that she's angry, she just like just try to stab. Yeah, exactly. And then he'll know what's going on. And then he'll on. be like, oh, okay, something's yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. Um, Man, that'd be, that'd be a great power. Emotional spider senses? Yeah. Like it'd be like a form of. Of em- uh, of you know empathy powers uh-huh. and empath yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah I, I don't would... feel like that's I, f- I feel like any good person can re- kind of do that no no I'm talking about next level <laughs> like I can just tell what's wrong with you like what would be like what's the, what's the ceiling here like I feel like just being like can you tell me what's wrong dude I, I can like tell who I can tell who I can tell when people are lying. Oh, okay. You can tell uh, if people are hiding things. Does you can tell if someone's a good so, or a bad person or has good or bad intentions. Oh, okay. So, like, this is, like, a uh, even, like, more... At the ceiling. Ele- elevated uh, yeah. version of Matt Murdock's Kind powers. of, yeah. Because you know, he's able to... Hear your tell, heartbeat and stuff. Yeah, he, yeah tell if you're he, lying. He, and, he bases your intentions and your, and, your, and your honesty based off your heartbeat. Mm-hmm. If you can mask that, like the ninjas in season two, that he doesn't even hear them because they can slow their heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this would just be direct link. Be pretty cool. Mm. Anyway, Spider Man can't do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, in Kyle's head no, cannon. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know the furthest reaches of Peter's spider senses. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think. Uh, the relationship of Peter and Mary Jane is really well done. I do think that, do they do it in all three movies? Does Mary Jane get captured or is it just Spider-Man two and three? So it's the first one where it's the bus full of children and Mary Jane, right? You know what I'm talking about? And Mary Jane separately. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Green Goblin. Yes. And he makes uh, Peter choose. That's right. So is the second one Mary Jane captured? Does Doc Ock, do something with Mary Jane? Capture her? I don't, I don't remember. Know. It's just like, all right, I get it. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's a, it's an overly yeah, it's, used misogynistic yeah. trope. Yeah. Uh, to, to just, you know. You know what, though? Put your... In defense of the film, Eddie Brock is a misogynistic dude. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of. So he didn't actually have a relationship with Gwen Stacy, right? He, uh, we, we very subtly learned that he's a psychopath. Remember yeah. that? He literally he, told her mom. He said, great to see you. Or, or uh, dad. He said, oh, and by the way, I'm dating your daughter. The first scene we ever see him. Then we, f- at the, uh, at the, when Spider-Man gets the key to the city scene, he starts taking pictures of Gwen and he's like, hey, beautiful. And she's like, oh, hey, Eddie. And then he's like talking to her and she's like, we had, we hung out one time or something like that. She's, she's, like, she's like, we had one night and it was fun. And he was going to propose to her. He's like a straight up psycho. Yeah. He's, he's a crazy dude. And it's very subtle. Like, they don't really lean into that very much. Right. Um, which maybe they should have more. Maybe it would have helped. I don't know. The, the The character needed a lot of work. Dude, I'm t- like, there is a version of Venom out there that can be good. Yeah, I it want exists it somewhere. And I want it to happen. Hopefully it happens in a Tom Holland movie. Yeah. That's what I want. I want, a, I want Tom Holland in that suit. Mm. Tom Holland, Miles Teller. Let's make it happen. Yo, yeah. That's We're my, going to LA. That's my dream. Miles Teller as Eddie Brock. It's my dream. Like we're just gonna we're gonna see Miles Teller on the street and be like, "Yo, dog, yo, I, you know Miles Teller? Trust me, I got you." I'm gonna be like, "Yo, I got you, dog. yo, 
Tom, you know Miles Teller? He's going to be like, oh, I met him. I'm going to be like, he should play he should play Eddie Brock in one of your Spider-Man movies. And be like, that's a great idea. You want to work on it? And I'll be like, hell yeah. And then he dances away. It flips. That dude can do real flips. He's not. But he's also he a really no, good dancer. He ain't no poser. No, really I'm saying he dances dance. away and then he flips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shows all of his skills at once. <laughs> uh Oh, you know what else? You know who else? While is? crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, feel so good. I don't feel so good. I don't feel so good. You know, you know who else is great in this movie? Who? Who I don't think I realized was so good when I was young. Aunt May. Aunt May. Yeah. She steals every single scene she's in. Yeah. Rosemary Harris kills it in this movie. And I can only assume kills it in every movie. I'd have to rewatch that. That is but... such a sweet old lady name. Yeah. Rosemary. Rosemary. Yeah, it is. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good old lady name. <laughs> Which is like, do you change your name to Rosemary when you get old? <laughs> do you wait? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you know, you don't want to be Gertrude. You want to be Rosemary. Yeah, Rosemary's a good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like every scene she's in, so good. So, so good. Trying to think of other things I want to praise. I said James Franco, and I'll say James Franco again. James Franco is really good, and he has to do like a lot of different versions of Harry in this movie. He has to do angry version of Harry who hates Peter for killing his dad. Mm -hmm. He has to do oblivious version of Harry who's lost his memory, Mm -hmm. and he's like overly like the ignorant but he has to do yeah oil painting. James Franco. <laughs> we saw that scene and you were like, that's something that you know James Franco does in real life. He just sits in his mansion oil painting. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they were like, all right, Harry, we're just going to have you like sit on a couch for this scene. And he was like, all right. And then like they looked away for five minutes. <laughs> he came back and he had a full oil painting done. Dude, uh, this is a bowl of fruit. <laughs> yo, there is an oil painting of his dad in that room of Norman Osborn. And... Anyone who has an oil painting of themselves, you know, is evil. Yeah. If it's an oil painting of you and no one else in the picture, yeah, you're probably an evil, crazy person. Yeah. You're super villain. We're definitely gonna get an oil painting. No, With if both it's both of us. of us, it's not evil, huh? What if if it was like both of us in separate oil paintings? Yeah. I don't know. Is that just weird? If we um, both have them, we should. Well, I think that we should uh, reenact the Sistine Chapel, right? And then, and I'll be. I've been there. Underwhelming. Underwhelming? Really? Underwhelming. Dude, I watched uh like an like I there was like an interactive thing online where you can like walk through the Sistine Chapel okay. and there was like music playing. Yo, and it stuff. takes a long time to walk through that place. I cried. Yeah? I cried. Um at the um, from the interactive version. Did they just have some dope music? Huh? I was just like, like that music must have been super. Just, like, this is really so, so honestly, beautiful. that might be a better way to experience the Sistine Chapel. Why? Because there's a bazillion people there. A bazillion people there. Uh, it takes forever to go through it. Mm-hmm. And it's tiny. The The iconic, the iconic painting, mm-hmm. tiny. Like you're like, oh, there it is. We always see it. But if you get to go through with like first person point of your POV, you got dope music playing. Mm. You don't have to deal with all the other people around you, the the chatter of it, and the it's hard to get around and stuff. Right. And if you can get closer, you see things more clearly. That might be a better way to experience the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> um. You have any other 
positives, negatives, things to learn from this film? Nah. Here's something interesting. If they had executed Venom better than the symbiote storyline better, we might have gotten three more Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. They made the decision after this movie because it did not do well. They made the decision to reboot the franchise and make the Andrew Garfield movies. All because Spider-Man 3 of was... emo Peter. Yeah. Because of 15 minutes of Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I just I don't know how it happened. Like I don't well, I don't know and That's like, one of the reasons I brought up the Sam Raimi thing cuz I think it's really interesting that the movie with the most flaws in it the 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 worst sins of poorly written straight up plot line was the movie that he was the most involved in creatively mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting he's probably just that much of a weirdo that yeah. he was like this will be funny maybe i want to know what's going through toby mcguire's head during all of that I mean, that's what it, like. I'm just imagining, like, yeah, like you said it right after. Like, just did no one at any point say this is stupid? You have hundreds of people, yeah. you know, like, and the 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 dozens of days that they went through shooting, and you know that, that that being in that jazz bar and seeing fucking Peter Parker, like, yep, and then at the piano and shit. Like, I just I don't know. And walk in the, the walking down the street, just the hair thing by itself. It's silly. The, we straight up noticed this. When he is first corrupted, he's wearing eyeliner. And you go, wait, he's wearing eyeliner. Then he has the, the he, he makes MJ upset. He has the realization that he upset MJ. And he looks down and he looks back up at the mirror and his eyeliner is gone. It seemed I, like, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Man. But it seemed to me like his eyeliner was gone. I don't know. Like the I, eyeliner was a, like a character choice to make... A stupid audience members realized that he was mean Peter. I don't know, man. Listen. Listeners of our beloved podcast. Next time someone bashes Spider-Man 3 in the public setting, let them know it's not all bad. It's only like one-sixth bad or something like that. I'm not good at fractions. No, one-fifth is 20%. Yeah, one-sixth bad. Seems reasonable. <laughs> you got anything else? Nope. All right, cool. Um, he's he's Chris. If you want to find Chris, hit him up at chrismichaelstott.com. Check out his scripts or on Instagram at chrismichaelstott. Find me at devinwell25 on Twitter and Instagram. Find the show, Pod on Twitter. The Chris and Kyle Show on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on all podcasting platforms. Like, rate, subscribe, share. Check out our poll for the month of December. You lovely viewers will get to pick our spoiler episode for the last week of December right after Christmas. Your options are from two franchises that have inconsistent histories. The DC Cinematic Universe okay, and Twanth Walmart. Transformers for those that are <laughs> Transformers Aquaman and Bumblebee are your choices this month which one will we have to go see at the movie theater and make an episode on honestly I, I'm super excited for both options mm-hmm. I really want to see both these movies I'm I'm very interested to see if they're any, even any if they're good or not like they both could be 
if Aquaman ended up being really bad, I wouldn't be surprised. If right. Aquaman ended up being really good, I wouldn't be surprised. Same thing for Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So check out the poll. You can vote on Facebook or on Twitter. Not on YouTube. We couldn't figure that out. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yep. Yeah, we out. We out. Stay weird. Stay weird.